0: So let's face it, managing compliance sucks. It's complicated, it's so hard to keep organized, and it requires a ton of expertise in order to survive the entire process. Welcome to Compliance Unfiltered, a podcast dedicated to making compliance suck less. Now, here's your host, Todd Cachot, with Adam Goslin. Well, welcome in to another edition of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cachot alongside the Woodward, your compliance Bernstein, Mr. Adam Goslin. How the heck are you, sir?
1: I'm doing fine, Todd. How about yourself?
0: Man, I cannot complain. We're blessed today. Let me tell you, we are blessed to have a very special guest. Guest, the one and only PCI guru himself, Mr. Jeff Hall, is joining us. Hey, Jeff, we're pleased to have you on compliance unfiltered. Tell us a little bit more about your security and compliance journey.
2: well i I kind of fell into it actually. i I came out of college uh, with a degree in computer science headed. Where'd off- you go? Uh, Ferris, what is now called Ferris State University, Ferris State. but sure. back back in the day it was just a college. There you go. Um, heck, but, a hockey team there. I tell you what. Well, I actually went there because <laughs> I originally was going to be uh, an architectural engineer, uh-huh. and went to my interview at the University of Michigan and found out uh, they don't teach you to draw there. Huh. And so the the yeah, I'm, I'm in the interview <laughs> and the guy goes, so uh, where's your portfolio? And I kind of looked at him a little lot and said portfolio. And he said, well, yeah, you you draw, right? I said, well, yeah, but I was in college prep and didn't take any industrial arts classes in high school
0: oh, well,
2: you know, we don't, we don't teach drafting here, so you're going to have to go and get that somewhere else. And so he, <laughs> he pointed me to Ferris because they had a, an associate's degree in architectural drafting. He said, you'll take all your pre-engineering stuff up there. We'll transfer it lock, stock, and barrel. You'll do four years here, and you'll graduate with a master's in engineering. And I said, oh, I know. cool. So I went up there and did two semesters up there and said, basically found out there was no career path in architectural engineering at the time. <laughs> and uh, all I could think of was I'd spent six years in college. The TV show that was on at the time was moving on. My dad, my dad owned a truck leasing company, and I figured, God, I'm going to go to school for six years, graduate with a master's in engineering, and I'll be driving a truck. Oh, no. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, no, this is not. So I transferred. They had just started a new program uh, over in the School of Business, Management Information Systems. And go. so I went and enrolled in that. I changed degree programs, but I took all my electives over in the School of Engineering. So my background was in operating system theory, data, management theory, all that. I took those as electives. And then because I was an engineering student, I'd gotten into the math program, so I finished that out, saw, so I ended up with a degree in computer science and a degree in mathematics. Oh, wow. So I went off to a consulting firm who farmed me out to, of all places, IBM. So I was a systems programmer for IBM as a contractor for basically the first 15 years of my career. Huh? And... Through that, I ended up on a couple of engagements where there was potential fraud occurring. And so I got involved in ferreting out, was there fraud occurring? And if so, how is it being done? And that's how I started down the compliance road. Huh. So, well.
0: That's that's quite an interesting story, actually, Um, as as you're kind of looking back Adam, and I wanted to to ask this one question before I hand it to you on this one. Um, As you're looking back on that, what would you change, if anything?
2: Well, interestingly enough. um, Had that consulting company not come along. I had been accepted to Ohio State. To go and get a master's and a doctorate in computer science. And that's probably where I would have gone had I not gotten tired of being a poor college student.
0: Because
2: <laughs> they and, offered me a buttload of money at oh, the sure. time. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Going to, you go into one of the big, you know, kind of one of the big cons, you know, kind of consulting firms. Yeah. That's what they were, you know, that, that was a good opportunity. Right. Um, I was going to ask you, Jeff. So, so you, you kind of, you get exposed to it somewhat through, you know, through the consulting via IBM and then where was you from there? Did you, did you start stepping into actual security organizations at that point in the game or did you have another couple, another couple steps in between?
2: No, I had a I had some steps in between. I ended up after leaving the consulting firm, I went to what is now Thompson Reuters, uh-huh. um, but at the time I went there, that was West Publishing, and I worked on Westlaw for two years. And I don't know if you're familiar with Westlaw. The competitor to it is LexisNexis. Gotcha and so westlaw was for the publication of law books but it they operated an online legal research operation called westlaw and so i worked on all sorts of projects to make westlaw quicker better faster um the one thing i did learn over there is just how litigious West Publishing and, and Nexus were against each other. I was there two years. I had my desk Xeroxed six times due to lawsuits. Wow. You know, they'd come, they'd back two 40-foot trailers to the building. And they would, both trailers would have huge Xerox copying machines. And they would just come up. Pull the drawers out of your desk, go down, Xerox it, and bring it all back.
1: Jeez, excellent. So,
2: but uh, so it was after that that I went to this little itty bitty uh, operation called KPMG. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: actually, the the first year and a half I was there I got six different business cards when I first started they were Pete Marwick and then they became Pete Marwick Maine then they became I can't remember what and then finally we ended up with KPMG
1: got it how many? Just out of curiosity, were, were you? I I know you're you're kind of joking because KPMG is now a, a large scale organization. But <laughs> at, at the time, at the time that you were you were jo- joining in there, was it was it really like a, a fraction of what it is now?
2: Oh, they were still huge, but okay. that was still that was <laughs> the Big Eight at that point. Now sure. they're the Final Four, but because <laughs> um, Anderson's gone altogether and. Everybody else merged up. So,
1: gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And so, basically, from there, the you know, kind of, you start dipping your toe in the K- in the KPMG arena. That's really where you started to transition into, you know, more of a more of a security focus. And your, you know, kind of true full time, you know, security and compliance, you know, journey was really uh, was really in effect at that stage of the game.
2: Yeah, I transitioned. I've, obviously, I transitioned out of technical stuff although we did do um we did do the first project i was assigned over there was to develop an object-oriented development environment for a large bank that kpmg was doing a mortgage lending app for and they wanted to do it with object orientation and so i started setting that up well sadly that project ended up literally being put underwater by a flood and um yeah i i somewhere in my memorabilia i have a picture of my desk underwater um it the whole building went underwater so um so the, the project was suspended, obviously, while the flood took its toll and dried out. And I got put on a couple of SAS 70 engagements and went through a rapid changeover to understanding how you do an audit. And uh, that's what actually transitioned me over to compliance and auditing.
1: Oh, cool. Hello. Howdy, howdy, howdy. What happened?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm i not even going to wager a guess. I'm not 100% sure what happened. Got it. Uh, um, how much did you get through?
1: Uh, basically, we got through background.
0: Okay, so I'm going to go, I'm going to jump, as soon as he joins, I'm going to jump right back in with... Uh, heard you put out, you know, help put out a new book on PCI4, yeah, PCI for yeah, DSS4. Really. I very
1: specifically added helped because he yeah, was deliberate that. about the you know, it wasn't just him,
0: yeah, saw that. There he is. Howdy,
1: Woo-hoo, sir. All
0: ready. Uh, right. so I'm just gonna jump right Wait. back in with,
1: yep, yeah, just hold on one second, Todd. Um, Jeff, when you were speaking, I was getting it was almost like, a, Are you do you have like a boom mic in front of your mouth? Yeah. Okay, if you can pull that a little bit away because sometimes it was coming through like, yeah, as, as you were uh speaking,
2: okay.
1: yep, how that would be, bad. yep, that uh, do j- j- just say, say something a whole sentence?
2: Yeah, how is this working for you?
1: Yeah, far away, away. little, uh, little far, bring there. a little for yeah. a little closer.
2: Yeah, fortunately, you're. You're not the most animated
0: of individuals, Jeff, so I'm not worried right <laughs> about peeking too much.
2: So, okay. <laughs> how's, how's this then? Much. Better. Oh, yeah. That's good. All right. Cool. All
0: right. So we're just going to jump back in, Jeff. I'm going to throw it directly to you uh, about the new book, okay? Okay. Very cool. Coming in hot in three, two, one. Well, Jeff, I heard that you helped put out a new book on PCI DSS-4 recently.
2: Fill us in. Yeah, so uh, the PCI Dream Team, which is Art Cooper, David Mundhank, and Ben Rothke and myself, uh, for whatever bizarre reason, sat down and decided to write a book. And (laughs) it's titled The Definitive Guide to PCI DSS Version 4. Um, The difference about our book from most of them is we wrote it for QSAs and ISAs that are conducting assessments to give them guidance on what to look for, what kind of documentation you need, pitfalls that you can run into, all that kind of stuff, so. Very oh, cool. That's
0: fantastic. Now, where, uh, where where is that available for folks who are interested?
2: Oh, Amazon. <laughs> And for yep. listeners,
0: you can go to the episode description on this very episode, and there'll be an Amazon link to Jeff's book there for you. Yeah, now,
1: I'll wait to say, I have one, one high-level question. So, Jeff, for those that for those that are not aware, how how, how did you get the the fine honor of being uh, elected, nominated, uh, founding the uh, the the dream team, if you will?
0: That's a great
2: question. Well. I didn't found the dream team. Actually, what happened was the dream team set themselves up, uh, did two episodes. One of the members decided to drop out and they were looking for a fourth. And I knew all, all three of the, well, actually, I knew all four of the original founders and Uh, Art Cooper said, uh, God, let's get the guru.
1: (laughs) And um,
2: so for for those that don't know, or I'll remind you, I write the PCI Guru blog, which is, I I took a lot of heat for calling myself that when I started writing it back in 2009. (laughs) But really, there was nobody around at that time that was willing to answer questions there 100% was a percent agree. there was there was a group and and it the name of the the listserv skips my mind at the moment i tried to actually buy it when i was at mcgladry in poland to keep it running and the two guys that needed to i needed to buy it from couldn't come up with a price and so it died Sadly, it was probably one of the best sources of PCI assessment information around at the time. And so with that dying off, I started writing a blog because that's what you did way back then. And uh, yeah, there's I mean, I probably get a couple thousand hits a week um, because people just it's even though it's as old as it is, um, there are posts out there that are still relevant from 2009 and on hey. that sure. explain people. Plus, it's just a great source of security information as well. So,
0: and is that just uh, PCIguru.com, Jeff? Uh,
2: no, it's actually PCIguru.blog.
0: Hey now. That, too, will be linked in the episode description below. Um, You've seen it all, Jeff. You've been around a long time. Talk to me about some of the biggest challenges that you're seeing in the security and compliance space today.
2: The biggest problem, you know, the biggest problem, if you read the media, you'd think is bodies, Um, just getting physical people to do the work. Ben Rothke, one of the Dream Team members, did a great blog post that basically proved out the math just doesn't work. Um, I don't think it's bodies so much as experience and expertise. Um, we do a horrible job in both areas, security and compliance, of recruiting people and then training them into the role.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we, we should, you know, there's no such thing as a rookie with five years of experience. Right. Um, and yet you see that all the time in these posts and I, I, you just shake your head and go, what are you people thinking? Um, I've recruited and trained people all my life. And so one of the biggest problems though, in compliance is technical skills. I can tr- I can take a network administrator or an application developer and turn them into an auditor, in probably a month. I cannot conversely take an auditor, and teach them the technical knowledge they need to know, in order to go and do a PCI assessment. Sure. Just. And, and that's one of the shortcomings of PCI. PCI is very narrow, very focused on protecting cardholder information. And that requires a pretty decent level of knowledge of, of technical subjects, mm-hmm. networking, voice over IP, server configuration, database configuration you know a lot of technical skills that if you've never done them you're not, how are you going to assess it how do you know that what you're being told is is accurate and i actually have my own personal tale i had been auditing a client probably 3 years mm-hmm. and on year 4 they had a a group of five people from an organization, a consulting arm that they were all CCIEs. I was a CCNA and every year I'd interview these people. Just, I had to take their word for it, but there was just something in the back of my mind. It just didn't add up. So in year four, I had an ability to get my own CCIE. Didn't tell him he was a CCIE, but I sent him out there to get get the lowdown. And I, and I flat out told them, I'm not comfortable with this. I Never have been. I just feel like I'm being told a tale. But I I've got nothing I can put my finger on to prove it. So he goes out. He's out there for two and a half hours interviewing these guys, getting demonstrations, et cetera. Comes back and he says, Network's not segmented. I said, Pardon me? He said, Yeah, he said, It's not segmented. He said, Basically, at the end of the day, I took him to task. He said, All the results they were feeding you was garbage, it was all uh-huh. fake they were just messing with you because they're CCIEs and they knew they could. Hmm. And it's that kind of stuff. Number one, I knew enough to know I, I was being told a tale. Didn't know why just it didn't add up and it didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. But if you can't put your finger on the, the details as to why that, feeling exists what do you do as an auditor you really do have to accept it because why would anybody want to lie to you yep well and i had to actually go and get my own expert in there and find come to find out that yeah i'd been told a fib
1: yeah well it's interest it's interesting jeff coming from the other side of it you know being in the being the in the kind of compliance uh, security compliance consulting uh, arena helping companies get ready for those etc you know one of the one of the things that i'll tell the organizations that i'm working with is man just have have everything buttoned up Answer the questions directly, honestly. You know, blah 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 blah. I the the last thing, and this is kind of like you, right? You're sitting there thinking for three, four years about, man, there's something. This doesn't smell right. You know, I I I'll tell I'll tell these people. I'm like the the assessors. They've been they've been there. They can they can smell it coming a mile off if there's some type of you know. If, they, if, they, if there's some bullshit in the air, they're going to, they're going <laughs> to snip it out. Uh, you know, I said, so just, you know, you need to, you just need to, you know, need to be truthful and, and be open and, you know, and all this fun stuff and everything will be fine. Don't worry, about it, don't worry about it, but you know, don't let them get a, a sniff of something's awry uh, because then they'll grab onto that and it'll nag away at them and they'll eventually get to the bottom of it. Indeed. But, Indeed.
2: but that's the, that is probably the biggest, set of challenges in both topics these days, Mm -hmm. is just getting people up to speed, whether it's security, a security tool, whatever it may be, or on the compliance side, having that inner intelligence to say, I don't feel right about something, and willing to go get the expertise to go back and make sure that everything's the way you expect it to be. And, and, you know, things aren't, things aren't wrong. Sure. Well, that actually
0: leads in nicely to the the next kind of question. I wanted to ask is about some of the ways that you've found to overcome these challenges, Jeff,
2: send people off to training, Um, send them. I've sent audit people that are pure audit people off to CCNA training. I've sent them off to uh, MCSE training, isn't that it? Microsoft Certified Engineer Training, MSCE. Um, You know, and it's not cheap, I, I get that, but they need that skill. They, they have to have that in order to be more complete about what they're looking at. And, and it's not just PCI. I mean, I can point to HIPAA and HIPAA high tech. That standard also requires a certain modicum of expertise. Um, CIS, uh, NIST. I mean, a lot of the NIST standards require a certain amount of technical expertise. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but some of them do. Sure. Um, you know, the, 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 latest, the latest buzzword, thanks to PCI running around, is crypto agility, which has been around an eternity, but got real credence the last couple of years because of quantum computing. Um, you know, everybody's concerned what happens when these quantum computers can break AES-256. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it, you know, NIST has always said that triple does is anywhere from a year or two to being cracked because of the cloud and all the GPUs that can be tossed at it. Um, And they've cracked it to, what is it, 128 bits? The 164 is still good. But all the other triple-des algorithm bit strengths have been broken thanks to Amazon, Google, and and Azure and GPUs Mm
0: -hmm. by
2: the thousands. So, you know, everybody... That's another mystical thing is cryptography. Um, most people don't understand it, not that they have to understand it, but there are things you have to do in order to make it work so that it's uncrackable.
0: That's a good shout. Um, you know, as, as we transition here, I want to I want to ask a question. Bit of a self-serving question. I'm not going to lie about it. We heard Jeff that there's a reference in the new book, the TCT portal. We saw a direct reference in your December PCI Guru blog, and honestly, it, it's been incredible. Talk to the listeners about your experience
2: with the TCT portal. So I've been. God, I've been using the portal for five years. no well, more than that. Probably six and a half, seven years now. Oh, wow. Um, ran across it at a, an employer after I I left another company and uh, took a look at it and went, wow, this is actually kind of handy. Um <laughs> Well, having, having done rocks manually, you know, any sort of automation uh-huh. is, is <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's like going from a horse and buggy to a, to a 68 Chevelle. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, oh, wow. It's kind of nice not having to sit behind a horse. Um, so, you know, and, and, it's, it's gotten better over the years. You know, one of, the, one of the things that I always tell people when they ask me about TCT is the fact that, you know, I can reach out and say, hey, you know, it'd be really, really nice if it would do X. And you guys will come back and say, well, we can't really do X, but we could do Y. Well, that'll get me most of the way there. Okay, that's cool. Or in most cases, it's oh yeah, that is a good idea. And so, <laughs> a release two, three down the road. All of a sudden, wow. Okay, cool. That's there now. Um, but the the you know I've I've looked at a lot of other tools and and one of the things that about other tools is they're really, really cool and they're really, really nice, but they also come with a price tag that a consulting firm just can't justify. Sure. sure. Um, You know, the price point, and then when you roll that into your projects and you go, yeah, clients aren't going to pay for that. Um, (laughs) I I don't think they care what it looks like and how good they think it feels, but yeah, they're just not going to pay for it. Um, And so there are very, very few options sitting out there um, that we really have. There are a lot of options for the internal companies that are doing their thing, Mm -hmm. Um, but there are very, very few options for the QSAC sitting out there to use, never mind the fact, I mean, in my case, I run a GRC practice. So we do PCI, we do quite a few PCI engagements, but we also do SOC 2 prep. We do HIPAA high-tech prep. Uh, We just did an engagement uh, NYCRR 500 and lo and behold, wow, TCT's got a template, cool. (laughs) Great. Um, And so as a result, we also do CIS controls assessments. Um, Mm -hmm. I need all of those. And a lot of the tools are focused on PCI or focused on ISO 27k, or some standard, they might have one other one in there. And I need them all. And Mm -hmm. so I that's one of the that's probably the biggest selling point of TCT is, I have all those and I don't have to worry about having multiple tool sets in order to get my team to get their work done.
0: That's fantastic. Now, as you're thinking about the TCT portal in relation to PCI v4 specifically, is there anything that, that you've noticed about the new version of the standard that the TCT portal makes significantly better than doing it manually?
2: Well, you, you should have had Coupon. Um, <laughs> <our> speaker, <laughs> uh, because he, he's been bemoaning to me for the last three weeks. He's doing a version 4 rock by hand. Oh, no. And he's, yeah, he's had enough of it. Well, Um,
0: this is Coop's uh, (laughs) uh, official welcome to Compliance Unfiltered whenever he is so inclined. (laughs) Well, I hate to to tell you
2: this, but um, (laughs) his company really only does PCI engagements, and he went with a different tool.
0: Yeah, Um,
2: but he he knows of you because he's looked at it. I know he kicked the tires on it, um, but he didn't. He all he does is PCI and they wanted a tool that just did PCI and. So they went with a, a competitor, but uh, they still don't have it implemented yet. So <laughs> I've learned in
0: this life, Jeff, that uh, most of the time you get what you pay for. So uh, you know, as as we're turning the corner on this here, tell the folks where they can find you, how to get a hold of you, and once again, where to find the book.
2: So the book again is at Amazon, um, and. Uh, We'd, we'd appreciate it if you buy it. We, we get a few cents out of every copy. Um, <laughs> I can be reached uh, at PCIGuru at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send stuff to PCI Dream Team at gmail.com if you want the whole Dream Team to weigh in on something. Because as everybody's well aware, you got multiple QSAs. You usually get multiple answers, although (laughs) for the dream team, we're usually pretty much all singing from the same hymnal.
0: Sure, sure.
2: Parting shots
0: and thoughts for the folks this week. Adam.
1: Well, uh I just appreciate uh, I appreciate having the opportunity to to have the chat with with Jeff, you know, kind of hearing about hearing about his story, um, you know, being able to to learn from, you know, learn from your your uh wealth of knowledge and experience in the space. Uh, You know, has been has been awesome. Uh, You know, we have uh, we have certainly appreciated having you on uh, having you on Compliance Unfiltered, uh, you know, and uh, and just wanted to thank uh, thank Jeff for, you know, for kind of coming along and coming along and sharing with the uh, with the Compliance Unfiltered audience. We uh, uh, we really appreciate it. Um, When we post up the blog, um, we'll include a number of the links in the show description for listeners to contact Jeff for reaching uh, the PCI Guru pages uh, and where to find the book. Um, So uh, just in summary, Jeff, thank you very much for joining us today on Compliance Unfiltered. We really appreciate it.
0: Not right there. That's the good stuff.
1: Okay, Jeff, I see you still on here. Yeah, uh, let's go yeah. ahead and get back onto the audio of the right. uh, of the teams, and I'll 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 join there in just one second. All right, cool.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Kishel,
1: and I'm Adam Goslin. Hope we help to get you fired up to make your compliance suck less.